Welcome to the FASD Success Show, the only podcast where you can get real-world information about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. This show will help you create calm in the chaos, have hope for the future, and more importantly, save your sanity so you don't lose your flipping mind. Now, here's your host, caregiver turned world FASD educator, Jeff Noble. Well, hello, everybody. It is so good to be back. Welcome to the FASD Success Show. I am your host, Jeff Noble. And what the heck? Where did we go? I just appreciate you being here. Uh, we took some time off. I took some time off. But it wasn't because it wasn't because it wasn't we weren't busy. I could tell you that much. So uh, welcome back. And if you uh, were able to catch up or you're still catching up and the train just keeps on rolling. But for those, I thought, well, I'd tell you what happened. Uh, you know, our last podcast was at the end of September. It is now, you know, the beginning of November. And I'll tell you what, man, I had to take a break because there's sometimes there's a point when something has to give. And this was one of those times and the podcast was one of those things. Allow me to explain. Uh, where we left off before, uh, you know, we did uh, our annual uh, Caregiver Kickstart workshop, which was amazing. It was so good, uh, not only because, you know, it's our workshop, but just the amount of wins and the community. Uh, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. We shared our videos. We, we opened up registration for our new coaching program. Uh, well over 100, and, I think about 30 families uh, registered for that, and we're rocking and rolling rolling now. Uh, but what happened was during the time of the workshop when we were creating uh, almost on the fly the workshop videos because I wanted to see if there's things I needed to address in them. Anyways, that's that's all behind the scenes stuff. But as I'm working, we're working a lot because these videos are uh, over an hour. Sometimes they're two hours, uh, two hours long. And so we're, lots of filming, lots of editing and, and and while I was doing this, and even though it was going well, the workshop was excellent, people were loving it, I still had this nagging voice in my head saying, hey, podcast, Jeff, you got to do a podcast. If you don't do the podcast, you're going to be letting people down. If you don't do the podcast, you're not consistent. And you said you were going to be consistent this time. Like These are all the internal conversations I'm having in my head, even though the other side is it's all going so well. And uh, having those thoughts and having those feelings of not doing enough and it's all going to just crumble took me right back to being a caregiver. And I knew what I needed to do right away. So you see, uh, being like a caregiver, we feel that we have to do everything all the time on top of our game. And it's just impossible. It's impossible, especially what's going on uh, right now with COVID. It's impossible because it's impossible. There's just too much to do while dealing with your kids and managing their symptoms and getting your family through things. There's, it's just too much. So what I learned last time that happened to me because I have burnt out before. This that wouldn't have been uh, my first rodeo, and I was on not the precipice or the cusp, but I recognized the signs, and that self talk like that is is a part of those signs. So just like I learn, and just like I teach, something has to give. And I said, "Well, listen, what's the big deal if I took a break?" from the podcast because honestly I don't think there was one uh, what is the big deal you still have 40 episodes out and oftentimes when you people write you they say they're catching up 
So why don't we just use this as a big old catch-up period? And then I dropped it. And then I let it go. And I had that I didn't have that nagging feeling anymore. I didn't have those expectations on myself anymore. So I could go back to focusing on what was really going well and what was what was awesome. Because listen, man, we can't be everything to everybody all the time. Our our bodies and brains just don't work that way. So I, I let it go. And sure enough, you know, I I wrote a uh I wrote an email about this. Uh, to you know we have a newsletter uh, and I, I wrote to the same effect like I, I let it go uh, now everybody has time to catch up and I will see you in a few weeks and guess what now we're here and nobody wrote me saying you know you nasty bugger you did not have a podcast why didn't you have a podcast nobody not one person wrote me so I don't I was I should have been like oh but no I didn't feel bad at all and People are still, I'm checking out my numbers. People are still listening to the podcast. In fact, in record numbers, we're growing. So as a caregiver, you have to let some things go. You'll be there tomorrow. It will be there tomorrow. It's not life or death because if it is, that's what really needs to be focused on. What needs to be focused on is your kids' safety, your family's safety, their mental health, your mental health. And I I would negate uh, putting your family's mental health first before yours, because if you're not healthy mentally, physically, how could you be available to your family, right? Fair enough. So I dropped it, let it go. Everything's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to be back. If you didn't get a chance, or maybe you're just learning about me, or um, you're figuring, or maybe you're just able to put your head up for air right now, uh, if you did not get a chance to register and you would like to be on the wait list for next year, uh, because we only do that once a year, you can go to fasdsuccess.com slash CKS wait list. That's uh, www.fasdsuccess.com slash CKS wait list. You get it on the wait list. I uh, usually talk to the wait list uh, first uh, and they always get uh, first, uh, you know, like access, first dibs, as they say in the biz. I don't really know if they say that, but enough about me, okay? Enough about me. Uh, Everything's fine. We're rocking and rolling on all fronts. Uh, This is about individuals on the spectrum today. This is about folks who are not only on the spectrum, but also amazing individuals who created a whole organization, a whole platform for individuals on uh, with fetal alcohol uh, to be able to shine and not only be able to sh- give them the opportunity to shine, but given the opportunity to be accommodated. Uh, so I-, I got a two-parter for you today, boys. I got a two-parter for you. Uh, the first part is we are going to talk to Emma and Suzanne. Uh, they're out of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. We're going to talk about their uh, their vision and voices program that they got going on. And then uh, we are going to talk to Stefan. Uh, Stefan is an individual on the spectrum who is also a photographer, uh, a firefighter. Uh, he, he, you know, he just recently lost 50 pounds uh, and he He's an adult on the spectrum, and he's doing quite well, and he gives some great insights. So I got a double header for you today. So first, we're going to listen to Vision and Voices with Emma and Suzanne. 
Then I'll, uh, you know, of course, we'll come back and I will um, just talk about it for a few minutes. And then we're going to head off and we're going to listen to Stefan uh, because the man's a badass and he's doing great. So I hope you're doing great. Uh, if you're driving in the car, if you're uh, taking your walk, if you're listening to me in the shower, or you got uh, you're in the bunker somewhere, wherever you're listening to this. I just appreciate the fact that you're here. Thanks for letting me take the break. And so now let's just do that. Uh, let's head over and listen to the interview with uh Emma and Suzanne, you guys ready? All right, let's go. All right, here we are, everybody. It is now time to talk to the folks who are involved with this amazing Vision and Voices program. So I have with me today, I have Emma and Suzanne. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Okay, now I will, you, you, you both sound the same. So I will point out so we know who's talking here. Uh, so basically, Emma reached out to me, which is really awesome. And she says, oh, my gosh, you know, we have a roster of speakers and we teach individuals how to tell a story. They can tell their stories. They do a lot of projects. But she said it's the brainchild of Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne, can you tell me how how you thought of this? Um, well, I used to work at... Uh I've been involved with the FASD community here in Winnipeg for a number of years and uh, doing presentations, I worked at the Southern First Nations Network of Care and the, the question uh, within Indigenous communities is always making sure that you have the true expert tell the story and the true expert that's telling the story is always the person who's living with whatever it is, whether it be FASD whether it be diabetes, whether it can it be cancer, it doesn't it becomes kind of meaningless unless you have the person who's actually walked successfully with um, with the issue. So there's a there's a gentleman um, who's been in, involved with doing public speaking here in Manitoba. He's part of our speakers bureau of visions and voices. His name is Russ, and uh, people were had heard about Russ because he was going around, he was work, He was doing some work with uh, um, Manitoba First Nations Education Resource Center. Um, anyways, and, and he, would, he would go around to communities and then um, do speaking engagements. And basically, he had always wanted to have a bureau like this. And I got asked numerous times when I was in the position of a coordinator, um, can Russ come out with you? So uh, we started to formulate, I started to hear about a number of other people that wanted to tell their stories. So we were able to secure some funding through a project called Changes for Children. Um, Changes for Children was a, it's not a project actually, it was a, 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 some funding that was received from the government of Manitoba to address problems within the child welfare system. Yeah, so we were able to get some funding uh, to put together some stories uh, through video, and there were six individuals who actually stepped forward to be willing to record their life stories with Jim Compton, who's the media specialist at Southern First Nations Network of Care. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the first recording with us, and... Um, the program got started from there. That's that's amazing. How how do they 
feel when they share their story. Now, I know COVID has put a bit of a spin on this, but let's let's remember pre-COVID. Remember when you were allowed to be in the room with people and we got together and it was excellent? What's, yeah. what, what is the benefit to the speaker, uh, but, you know, besides sharing their story? Is it healing for them at all? Do you find that? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's healing for the speaker. And it's also uh, healing for the audience because, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like, when you go out and, and you have a speaker who kind of maybe you get stuck emotionally you got to get stuck in in one section and maybe that person um, is challenged and they they can't complete telling their story maybe they're crying or they're upset or whatever or there's something in the on an audience member that gets um, triggered uh, there's a mutual kind of support that goes on between the speaker and the and the audience and so you, it kind of helps both parties move forward uh, and carry the load and move to another level of understanding. And I've seen that happen on, on a number of, of occasions. I mean, I, I used to accompany speakers to communities um, and, and watch them tell their stories and people would ask questions, right, of, of the speakers, of the person with FASD and say, hey, maybe they ask a tough question like, uh, how do you feel about your mother? Or, or how, do you, um, how do you feel about how the school treated you or, you know, like, I mean, mm -hmm. there's always, always something there, right, Jeff? I mean, it's, uh, it, you know, it just helps the people move to a different level of understanding. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, you're like, you do the exact same thing when you're thinking and you're speaking. You're like, am I now going in circles? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, do, I, yeah. I do the same thing. Trust me. What besides taking them to a new level of understanding, what are some of the things that you've heard from participants who've heard the stories? Um, from participants who have been out telling their stories. Okay, I got to tell you a cool story. So we had a, a, a young lady. Um, her name is Maya. Um, and she lives out on the West Coast now. So we, unfortunately, we lost her to our speakers bureau. But she was she played she did her video. And um, she actually was um, videoed playing her bagpipes. Now, she, it took her a long time to learn how to play the bagpipes and the chanter and yeah, all that man. stuff. It's really not easy. And, and her fondest wish was to go to Scotland. Okay, she wanted to play her bagpipes in Scotland. And, and so the FASB Center actually went and did some training with doctors over in Scotland. And, and what did they do? They took Maya's Vision and Voices uh, video and they, they played her video over in Scotland for the doctors. Well, Maya was beyond thrilled and, and she got to go to Scotland, right? So uh, that, that, that was just one story of many um, where there was kind of a, a whole level of understanding that, that happened on many, many levels. That's so um, nice. We'll often pair up speakers, too, that are quite different, right? So right. people can, because, I mean, if you've met one person with FASD, that's, you've only met one person with FASD. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, you pair them up because what are some of the topics that your guys talk about? 
you name it, they talk about it. Like Russ often gets called upon to talk about the justice system because he's been involved with the justice system. Um, parenting, right? So we have some parents who are parenting their children or, or maybe their children have been taken into care of child and family services. Uh, we talk about the school system. Um, what are some other topics? So, uh, healthcare system they talk about. Um, do you do coaching? Like how, you know, I'm sure they don't just come out and they're public speakers. How do you prepare a, a new sp a speaker? Um, I'll, I'll take this one because uh, Emma is, is uh, fairly new to the position. Yeah, but no what, what, I, what I can say is that people who want to share their stories um, and share their, their medicine, if you want to call it that, yeah, yeah. Uh, often ha are, are individuals who have a burning desire to want to get, get something out there into, into, into community. So mm -hmm. uh, you have to, have to start with somebody who has that motivation. Um, and then the, the six speakers that we had at the beginning and then the, the first the other speakers the process of actually putting together your video is is really really um uh transformative i would say because the the speaker actually designs uh and basically edits and and comes together with their whole video like they pick their own favorite music right they um you know pick baby pictures and and maybe the first time that somebody told them that they were different or you know successful things that they do like for example playing the piano or um you know riding a motorcycle or whatever it is that they're they're into they're sharing that with with people getting their license you know mm -hmm. like that kind of thing so anyway so as as they share their story and put it together in a video it makes it a whole lot easier and a lot of times what ends up happening is when they're doing visions and voices they'll they'll we'll play the videos first right so they hear the music come on that's their favorite music it gets them in the zone um then they they themselves with the audience will watch the video right and then they're calm they're ready to go right and and they'll do whatever it is that they they'll talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about or whatever that video re-triggered in them for that day and of, of course they're they have uh, Emma, or you know, who who's here, and she knows mm -hmm. them. She's met them, so she'll ask questions like. Uh, uh, that was right. That was my next question. So Emma, you are there to sort of as a curator to kind of move it, move it. Like, well, what's that's what it sounds like. Almost, you know, the the guy who does the orchestra, and just to make sure it's all going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, if it if they would like to, we often have a conversation before, like we'll meet a few days before and chat about what the presentation looks like, where it's going to be, um, and what would if they have something on their mind that they would want to talk to then if they want to go over it. Um, and then the day of, pretty much, yeah, um, I go pick them up, and we usually get like a coffee and kind of chill a little bit, and then we go to the place that is the presentation. And then yeah, but I'll usually bring up the conversation we had earlier in the week. Um, or, or we just run with what they have on their mind at that point and then kind of just touch base. Uh, I know the reactions would be varied. What's the reaction like when it's over, when you guys are back in the car? I'm very excited. It's like there's an energy, right? Like 
I think that's part of the problem with this COVID is we're not meeting each other and gaining our energy. It's really isolating. And so like when you do a presentation, it's just you're sharing your story, you're sharing your medicine and people yeah. are healing from that and learning from that. And yeah, it's just, in, I think it's engaging for everyone involved. And yeah, there's like this, this beautiful energy that is afterwards. It's, so yeah, it's that's so wonderful. nice. You guys, that is so nice. And I like what you said earlier, uh, uh, Suzanne, about uh, when you watch the video, you know, it gets the, the audience warmed up. So the individual on the spectrum could see what's going on and get some confidence when they're, you know, when mm -hmm. there's good things going on. And Suzanne, tell me how you feel after you're done watching one of your, you know, speakers do this because you from conceptualization to actualization. How do you feel when you see those guys doing their thing? Um, I, I have to say I'm the biggest fan club. Like sometimes I'm, you know, like I'm the, the only, the only one that's, uh, that's been there <laughs> to kind of, uh, go, Hey, like, you know, like I, I've actually St. Amant has a huge conference, uh, every year, every year. And, um, we actually had the, uh, visions and voices group come out and I, I actually sat with them the whole time and I was just super proud because this is, it's a huge conference on, uh, disabilities and, I, I didn't even know that they were going to be there. And, you know, mm -hmm. here I am at work going to the conference uh, at St. Mont, and uh, lo and behold, uh, here's the Visions and Voices folks and they are speaking and I just, just what goes through me is I'm super proud. Um, they know what they're doing too. Like, I mean, these, you know, like the, especially the speakers that have been at it for years, like Russ and, and Jessica, they are professional. They yeah. they literally could get up there and facilitate not only the, the academic content on FASD, but, but also their own stories, mm -hmm. right? Um, so um, I know some some of the speakers are really, really, they need some time to come down after their, their presentations, like, you know, quite, quite a few hours to walk it off, and others are exhausted, you know, and then they, I, I know one speaker sleeps for days afterwards. They're really, really tired. Um, so they they give it their all, and um, I, I think every audience walks away going, "Wow, this is awesome!" Right? Yes. We've also done blog writing recently. So like oh, for FASB Day, we had two presenters just kind of write a blog, um, what FASB Day means to them and what advocacy means to them. And earlier, we had two presenters write about COVID. Um, I think that was in July. So yeah, uh -huh. so they've they've still been presenting in different ways and telling their story and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you're cool. like, so there. Uh, where yeah, you know happening. where where do you see this going in the future? Uh, you, I know COVID's going to be happening, uh, but is there anything else? Are are you just looking to are you looking to add more speakers? Like, what is the vision part for uh, for this? Yeah, I think we're kind of, we're still envisioning what could this look like continuing with COVID mm -hmm. um, and just more isolation. So that's kind of an ongoing envisioning project. Um, we're also, we've had a few people contact us to be interested in joining. So that's, yeah, so we're looking at adding more speakers. Um, we're also looking at what does that look like during COVID since um, just presentations yeah, they look different now. So how does train, what does training look like? What do you, 
Um, how do videos fit into that? Um, so there's a lot of questions that are happening right now, but it's, yeah. it's in a way it's invigorating and yeah. you can reimagine or you can continue imagining or yeah. So it's an ongoing process. I guess. <laughs> uh, <if> <laughs> you know, if you're providing this, I just, I, I think it's amazing amazing uh what you're doing uh to give voices like it's kind of what i like to do to give voices to individuals organizations uh caregivers mm -hmm. frontline work all that stuff because fasd is so important yes uh so this has been cool i i you know i really appreciated uh having you guys on okay so a few things where can they find more information about the program and is there anything else that we're working on that we want to uh, uh direct the people to so initiativesjc.org slash wp blog slash touchstone slash <laughs> okay, cool. So people hear that and we're also going to put that uh, out. And if, if anyone wanted to have this conversation with you, Emma, uh, we, we'll put the uh, about maybe speaking or you, Suzanne, we could put your info uh, and just to encourage and engage, encourage engagement, you know? Yeah, definitely. People can contact me with any questions or if they want to have a conversation. Yeah, totally up for that. That's amazing. I think this is a totally worthwhile venture. Uh, and I'm glad not only did you think about it, but Susanna, thanks for following through. And then Emma for grabbing the torch, right? And, and now running with it. I really appreciate both of you guys being on here. Yeah, thanks so much. And, and there's a lot of credit be, to be given to the, the previous coordinator, Jewel Reimer, um, and also uh, Jim Compton from... Uh, Southern First Nations uh, Network of Care. He, he's amazing mm -hmm. helping. And Leah Braun, there's another one that was involved. So there's quite a few people that, it wasn't just me, but I'm the person that they could get a hold of to come back. Yeah, you're the, the one who would agree to talk to me. That's probably what it is. Uh, well, shout out, to, shout out to all of those guys, and thanks for being here, guys. Emma and Susanna, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what a great interview. What a great thing that they've got going on awesome amazing program helps individuals on the spectrum share their voice uh create a story and help people heal that's what happens when you hear individuals on the spectrum speak uh you could see that you know people could still be successful and look at all the accommodations that's what i wanted to make sure i ran down in this interview uh, with them all the accommodations to make sure the individuals are successful you know what else i really liked about that was how they would watch the video before they spoke so people could get to know them and i really liked what suzanne had to say she was talking about it's watching the video triggers something and they talk about that. So it almost becomes therapeutic, right? So could you imagine you have the same video and you're watching it every time and something that they say or they see in their video triggers a feeling and or emotion that they're going through and they could talk about it. So not only are they educating the audience, but they're also, you know, it's a little bit of uh, self healing and to do all that accommodations, to get all of that uh, happening for our guys to be successful. That's what it takes, but it works. 
It absolutely works. So make sure you go check out Visions of Voices. Uh, if you uh, want to, you know, I think you can license out the video or if you want to, uh, you know, hire one of the speakers, uh, absolutely you could talk to Emma about that. I wanted uh, to have somebody uh, that was on their roster on the show, uh, but they felt that it was unfair if they picked just one person. I totally respect that. So uh, we don't. But... That's why I did instead go out and reach somebody who's on the spectrum who is successful, and I interviewed them because I feel felt like okay, having heard all this, now I want to hear some uh, an individual on the spectrum doing real well. And uh, Stefan, so now we're gonna listen to Stefan Gravoy, who is a photographer, who is an avid biker, who lost fifty pounds, who is also a volunteer fighter fighter, and he lives on his own. And so, of course, I wanted to ask him, how does he do it? What's it like being a firefighter? Listening to his journey. Uh, so uh, this is a double feature. So now we're going to listen to du- we get to hear double Batman. All right, you guys ready? Let's jump into the interview with Stefan. All right, here we go. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I found us a good one. Uh, I am with uh, Steve, uh, Stefan Gravoy. You know how many times I had to practice that before because I butchered it every single time. I hope that I got that right. Stefan, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, I needed to because uh, I think it was your mom who initially reached out when people were looking uh, for success in our group. Can you show me success? Can you show me success? And she's like, yeah, you want to see success? Boom. Show me this picture of a young man uh, uh, fighting fires. She said, this is my uh, son, Stefan, uh, and he's kicking some butt. And so then I reached out to friend you and then I'm looking, man, and you're doing all kinds of cool stuff like you're volunteer firefighter photographer uh you know you you're on the spectrum uh, but you're living independently you're doing all of the good things so what i want to do today is is talk about all those good things is that okay yeah that's fine okay but of course what i do i always like to get an origin story and how you became literally this superhuman from what it sounds like uh where like give me a little bit about uh your background um how old were you when you f- uh, received the diagnosis or maybe how old were you when you started noticing something was different or did you even notice uh i've never really noticed but my parents did uh pretty much from birth Around the age of three, they started uh, noticing the signs, um, me getting angry. Uh, I would hold my breath when upset. Okay. So you're just like, I'm I'm not even breathing anymore. I'm just going to hold it. Yeah, I'd literally turn blue. Jeez. <laughs> okay. D- but you're saying to yourself, hey, I didn't even really notice anything was going on. Yeah, yeah. And as even as you got older in school, did you did you still not notice? Um, then I started to notice a little for myself, uh, especially in middle school. What sort of things were happening that you noticed that you said, "Hey, wait a second. Uh, I would I'd be more interested in um, things that younger kids would be interested in, like. Um, Pokemon when everybody else wants to do like cars or something. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, so you found that you related more to the younger kids. Yeah. And do you, do you, has someone told you or in your, uh, you know, in your experience, that is a common characteristic of fetal alcohol? Uh, no, but after uh, listening to some of your podcasts, I've, I've heard the similarities. Yeah, and then it makes sense. And then you go, well, who cares? Because I, I like Pokemon. Yeah, you're like I don't care. I don't yeah, care. No judgment from me now. <laughs> yeah, that, hey man, everybody has their own things. Like I'm a I'm a grown ass man, and I still play video games. So let's let's fast forward. How how did you do? How did you do in school? Uh, school was tough. Um, I was a C to D kind of person. Sometimes F, unfortunately, uh, my attention span was non-existent. Gotcha. And did you graduate from high school? I did, but I graduated twice. Um, I graduated when I was 18 with my class and I didn't accept the diploma until 21. So I have two diplomas. Yeah. Hey, you, you had to circle back. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to make sure that you got it. Now, you are an adult, and where did your love for uh, photography come from? Uh, that came from uh, my mom. Uh, she used to do that, and I have inherited her old lenses. And, and what type of photography is your favorite? Uh, I'd say usually portrait and landscaping. Okay, okay. Now, do you, does it bring you calm? Do you, like, what, what's, like, what's the enjoyment out of it? Is it the finished product? Uh, the finished product. It lets me actually have a, use my creative side. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you, uh, like, is it for hobby? Do you, do you do other people like, do you photograph, uh, photograph other people or is it just something you do on your own? Uh, it's for fun for, uh, photographing friends and I do it on the side for, uh, the firehouse for, uh, public relations. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about firefighting when how old were you when you said hey i might want to do this uh i joined when i was 24 and and how did you join did you like did you apply did you like what was that process uh i had to go to my station and uh fill out some paperwork to do that and then they had to decide whether i'm in or not did you tell them about your intellectual disability? Uh, not really. Okay. Do Do they know now? Um, some of them do, but most of them just think I'm a little <laughs> a little odd. That's all. <laughs> so you're like, okay, that's fine. That's perfectly normal. We're all a bunch of odd people. Yeah, at the firehouse. Was there physical testing? Uh, no. Okay. Do 
you remember your first fire that you fought? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, it was six months right after I joined. It was a huge uh, apartment complex fire. And I was just barely, like, green. <laughs> and were you scared? Uh, yeah. Most of it's a blur because my adrenaline was running so much. Yeah, that would be, I would be, I would be so scared. Now, do you, have you taken any further training or do you, like, as being a volunteer, do you guys go through regular training? Uh, yeah, there's constant training. Um, I had a, I went through a class called Fire One. It's kind of like the state standard to become certified. And then I went up a step for Fire Two. Uh, I am emergency medical uh, responder, and uh, I have a Q license, which allows me to drive the fire trucks. Okay, you get to drive it? Yeah, well, uh, right now, one of the small ones. Oh, it doesn't matter. That's still awesome. Do you do you just let the sirens rip? Just fire them up? Uh, whenever we get a call in the day, uh, the siren will blow, and I can hear it from my apartment. So that's kind of our so call sign, uh, head on down. So you could just be sitting there working on some photos, doing your thing, and you hear the siren blast, and you're just like, adrenaline hits, I got to go? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You, I, I have to take the call. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it keeps me uh, very busy. That is amazing. Uh, yeah, that is, that, that is amazing. Um that 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 you do that and that do 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 they accommodate you at all if um you know if you're having a hard day or a tough time or you just do it anyway i just do it anyway i mean um they work with me on things okay cool like what kind of things do they help you with um when i can't uh, understand like the order the first time I'll have to ask again. Cause that's a common theme with me. Mm -hmm. And so, so you'll hear them say something, an order, they'll give you an order. And then you, you, you know, because of the disability, either you forget or you don't hear it. Right. And so then you ask again and, and, and they work with that and they're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could imagine not wanting to do that or being afraid to ask again in fear of, you know, them thinking you're stupid, right? Yeah. I mean, I used to really not ask in the beginning for that exact reason. It, 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 that takes courage to say, then listen, I need help with this and for them to say, okay. And then they do it. Yeah. Now I just ask like, however many times I need to until I know. Well, because it's important what they're saying, right? And I, I could, I agree with you. I would also want to know, uh, you know, to make sure, okay, this is what you want me to do. This is, are you sure? Because, you know, it's such a high stakes environment you're in. 
not only that, but you you have kind you you have taken control of your own fitness journey as well, right? Yeah, that's correct. And so you, you were telling me before we we started recording, uh, um, how much weight have you lost? Uh, it was sixty, but I gained <laughs> ten pounds back, so it's fifty now. That doesn't matter, man. The COVID ten that's that's no problem, right? Uh, how? You know, you don't have to go into great detail. How did you do it? Uh, mainly eating uh, correctly, uh, restricting my calories, not like to the point that I was starving, but just enough that I could get things, you know, lose some weight mm-hmm. and exercising. And that's where my love of biking came about. So tell me about biking. Uh, what kind of biking do you do? Uh, I do like long trips kind of bikings with some of my, my friends. I do about like a normal trip is like 20 miles. Jeez, that's a that's far, man. Yeah, it, it was tough in the beginning, but now it's just like meh. Second nature. Yeah. Do uh, do you find the like eating well and the exercise and the and uh, do you find it helps with your mental health? Uh, absolutely. Like when I work out, especially uh, biking, it just puts me in such a calm state of mind. Just like all my problems just melt away. Yeah, and you let those those happy chemicals just rush through your brain and feel nice. What, um, so let's, let's talk about, you're doing great, by the way. Uh, let's talk about, because you live on your own, correct? Correct. So from what I understand of the disability of FAS is that that could be hard for some folks without support, just because of all the things required our brain to do in order to maintain independence, uh, do you have, uh, do, does somebody or a team of people help you manage things for your home? Uh, no, that's pretty, it's just by myself. Cool. On occasions, so, my mom will help. So in terms of paying rent, does that happen automatically? Like when you get, uh, when you get some income? I'm sorry. What was the question? Again? That's okay. Don't, don't even worry about it, buddy. Don't worry about it. Um, I, it's cause I want to ask about like what your system is for making sure like rent is paid and groceries and stuff. So what I was, my question was, um, does, does like the rent just automatically come out? Does somebody help you with that? How does that work? Oh, uh, I have to go to the bank and make a bank check and then send it out in the mail. Okay, so you you are okay with handling money? Uh, yeah, I'm. I used to be really bad at that, but now I've gotten good just because. Uh, over time, I guess. Okay, that's true. That's true. And if you can remember, what sort of things did you learn? Like, uh, because if you were bad before and now obviously it seems like you can, you can manage, um, what sort of skills did you have to learn in order to maintain that? Uh, can't spend what I don't have kind of thing, especially with a credit card back in the day that got me into big debt. 
because you're like, oh my gosh, this card, I just show it to you and you give me what I want. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe I'll get this, maybe I'll get that. And then next thing you know, boom, you're in huge debt. Do you, um, do you talk to anybody in your area about FASD? Uh, not really. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. So then I want to ask this. I would like to ask, what is a typical day for you look like? Like what is sort of your routine? Um, that really, (laughs) that depends. I mean, if, if it's a work day, I'll usually get up and have breakfast and then head out to work and that, but, uh, if it's an off day, I'll get up and if there's some calls, I'll go and do that all day if there is any. Do you find is is do you live in a small town or is it is it busy like uh, on a weekly basis? Like, do you get lots of calls? Um, it can be slow or busy. I usually usually do. Well, the department does usually about say roughly 800 a year wow that is a lot yeah most of them are medicals and that's and you have training in that yes does it do you think maybe does the disability help you when everything because i could imagine the adrenaline uh, even from the people who need medical help or like their family how do you stay calm when that's going on um, it's just kind of becomes normal over time. Most certain calls, certain calls are, uh, like they become routine. Yeah. Okay. That's excellent. Now there are, I have two more questions. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Right on. The, the first question is there are parents listening to this that are struggling with their kids uh, and worry about their kids on the, uh, with fetal alcohol. They're worried about their future. What would you say to the parents who are struggling? You're going to have to repeat, <laughs> repeat that no, question. I don't, don't worry, buddy. Don't worry. What advice would you give to parents who are raising someone with FASD? Gotta make me think on that one. Is there any advice? Uh, Don't let them be restricted to a certain degree. Well, if there's opportunities they want to try, let them try it. That's really good. Because I never knew if I could do it or not, firefighting or anything else. Until you tried it. Yeah. And what happens if you tried something and you didn't like it or it didn't work out? Did you feel bad about it or no? Um... If it absolutely didn't work out, I I didn't feel bad about leaving or anything. Yeah. Okay. One one more question. 
there are others with FASD who listen. Do you have any advice? Because they would love to be where you are now. Uh, yeah, don't don't give up. I mean, I always beat myself up when I do things wrong in that. But if I gave up, I'd never be at the place where I am. Yeah, that's that, that is very true. What? Okay, I lied. One more question. <laughs> what do you want to do in the future? Like, where do you see yourself in five, ten years? Are there other things you want to try, goals that you have? Uh, I'd say a goal is probably to travel in the United States, cover that. Well, that's on your bike? Um, no, but that would be a good thing to try too <laughs> yeah right yeah that'd be that'd be insane to try that but i'm sure people have done it before where like is there some is there some place in the united states that you want to visit specifically uh pretty much the west side i've never really left the northeast besides uh earlier this year for utah Okay, so you want to you want to explore and see your country. Yeah. You'll have to wear a mask. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. And you uh I'm sure you guys have to wear that for work, huh? Uh yeah. And even in the firehouse? Uh yep. Especially on calls and that. Never know. Yeah, you you do, you never know. Well, listen. This, uh, Stefan, you're doing amazing things, man. And I just want to let you know that I think all the things you're doing is awesome. Thanks. Yeah, you're very welcome. Because I think uh, you could tell that oh, you could tell that you have persevered uh, through all the stuff that you've been through. And uh, I love your advice about don't limit and, and let, fo uh, and let, you know, people try certain things because you never know what you're going to be good at. Right. Right. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, do you like, uh, what, what was I going to say? I, I see, even I forget Stefan, even I forget. And so that's not a big deal. Uh, would you come back and do this in the future? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You did such a good job. Hold on. I'll just, I'll, I'll end the interview here. Okay. So I'll say, all right, uh, Stefan, thanks. Uh, even though I, I butchered your name a bunch of times, I really appreciate you being patient with me. Thank you for sharing this amazing info uh, with people who are going to listen to the podcast. I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Oh my gosh. Isn't that awesome? Uh, Stefan, thank you so much for joining us, man. Y you are the man with all the cool things that you're doing. Uh, and I just wanted to point a few things out. I wanted to point out the adjustment I had to make. As you, uh, you might not know, that was the first time I had ever talked to Stefan ever. And as we were talking, I quickly realized that I was probably dealing with slower processing speed. Now, slower doesn't mean dumb. On the contrary, look at all the kick-ass things this kid is doing. Well, this young man. And I realized it, uh, and I had to shorten my questions, and I have 
had to wait. So whenever you're dealing with someone who, uh, an individual on the spectrum who might be dealing with slow processing speed, you have to count the Mississippis. And there's nothing wrong with that. So for an example, when you ask a question uh, to even your loved one or somebody you're working with who is on the spectrum, count Mississippis, right? Uh, so you say a question and you go one Mississippi in your head, of course, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and you wait till they answer. And so it's a good barometer. And then it's good for when you ask a question in the future. You know, I knew it took about two and a half Mississippis. And you got to be okay with that, with the, with that silence while they find the answer. And if you give him time, he was very articulate and had all the answers. But there was a couple of times in the beginning I, I jumped in front. And I bet you I could have extracted more if I was a little bit more patient. But we made the correction. Uh, he did a great job. You know, he, we we I wanted to find out when he first n- knew something, and it wasn't until he was older, till he started to, you know, he was still identifying with uh, with younger things, and we know that that's dismaturity, and that is a okay. Uh, school is hard because of attention issues, wasn't it? Awesome to hear that he graduated twice, once at 18, and uh, he wasn't satisfied, so he came back and graduated again at the age of 21, which we know is cool because that's. It takes longer to mature. It's some neurotypicals. It takes a long time to mature. Um, everybody has their own rate in which they're they're, they're maturing at. Uh, he's uh, he loves photography. Got that from his mom, so that is something that he can focus on. He does uh, really well. Wasn't it awesome to hear about his fitness journey, about how he loves the bike and it helps him with his mental health. And he took a very logical approach to losing weight. Uh, you know, he counted his calories. He restricted his calories a little bit. But then it was important he added that uh, mental health. But what a guy. What a guy. I mean, f- you know, volunteer firefighter and going on all those calls and being able to maintain calm uh, with everything that's going on. And started at step one, step two, and he's he's leveling up as, as we speak uh, in the firefighting game. And he started as a volunteer, didn't have to go to school. Just note that because I don't know what it is. We feel that everybody has to go to school for everything or they can't become something. That's that's not, There's nothing further from the truth. He went and applied. That's what he did. He went and filled out some paperwork. So if you're a parent on the, uh, you know, if you're a parent uh, to an individual on the spectrum, heed his words. Uh, wh- I asked him for advice. He said, "Do not restrict them." You know, uh, uh, so far, right? You know, to a certain extent, of course, he even gets that. Let them try stuff. Stu- stuff. Let let let's let's see what they're good at. Let's see what they're interested in. And if if they don't like it or they're not interested then so be it Uh, nobody has to feel bad we have to try a million different things sometimes before we find the thing that we like uh he said he was bad at money at first and now he's able to handle it on his own and i say what did you chalk that up to experience growth maturity just takes a while so when you're thinking about your kids you know get this 18 years old idea out of your head this is the long-term focus this is a long-term focus and once we are able to do that and make that adjustment time-wise that's a lot less pressure on yourself right something's got to give so give up that short timeline that every, your kid has to know everything and be able to do everything uh, by a certain amount of time they 
uh, are delayed in their development in certain areas. So we just have to keep watering that plant, letting them grow. And you can't grow a plant by yelling at it. You have to nurture it. Even if the plant is not very nice sometimes. It doesn't bear the fruit that you were looking or hoping for. Anywho, I digress. What a kick-ass thing. What a kick-ass kid. Young man, my apologies. Uh, It's just so good to be back, guys. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. And listen, you know who you are if you're listening at this point. If you're listening, you know, you listen to the end of the show and you are a cool person. Not only are you a cool person, but you are working hard, trying to help your family, trying to do good things with all this uncertainty and all this chaos. Just heed my words when I say lead with empathy, lead with dignity, and if you need to, use the snooze on your Facebook. Snooze some people for 30 days, okay? Uh, Especially for my friends in the Americas, in the United States of America. Uh, I don't care what what color your party is or who you're affiliated with just please be decent to other folks human dignity that's where we need to get back to and the way to make the change is to lead the way in that change so i'm not talking about you have to go hugging people but uh, if you don't like what people are saying on facebook snooze them right like something's got to give maybe that's got to give maybe you take a little breaky break from the facebook while uh, everything is going on and don't watch a lot of news i know it's tough to say uh, but I've been news-free for seven days, and I feel amazing. I'll check in, I'm sure, uh, on the actual night itself. But other than that, watch your diet. Watch your information diet. That's what I mean. Watch your information diet because there is a currency of anxiety going on right now. But the fact that you're here with me, ugh, just going to make your week a whole lot awesomer. All right, man. I love you. I will be back next week with some more excellence. Keep up the hard work. And don't forget to check out our, our blog, our, our actual page, where you can get some show notes at fasdsuccess.com slash podcast. You kick ass. You're awesome. I love you. We'll see you next week. Bye.